church, we get so caught up with people's appearances. How they look, how they dress, people's behaviors, people's positions. That we miss the opportunity to love them. This podcast for September 9th, 2018. Today, Pastor Dave starts a new series titled, Now What? Wonder what that's going to be about. I guess you have to take a listen. Ought to be a great series. Hey, we got our Invite a Friend Sunday coming up on September 23rd. Invite a friend, invite your relatives, invite anybody you can. It's going to be a great time. We'll have some food, some refreshments, that kind of thing. Be really enjoyable. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. Well, good morning, church. You guys glad to be here or what? Anybody still tired? <laughs> You're like, amen, I want to be here. I woke up this morning and, and uh, the alarm hadn't gone off and I just laid there and I was like, oh, I got six minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Six minutes and then I'm praying God strengthen me and lift me up and encourage me and then just, I got three minutes. You know what I mean? But we're here. Anybody else have a, a rough week this past week? Any trials or things that have happened, right? I had all sorts of things go on this, this past week. My uh, driver's side window broke. That was fun. Uh, yeah, so a little cold driving to uh, church this morning. Uh, and, and then also my living room window broke. So we had two, that praise God, two windows <laughs> break. I don't know what is going on, but all I is when the enemy attacks me and my life and my family, uh, you're in for something special. <laughs> that God has something for you. And, and uh, I hope and pray that you're asking God to do something in, in your life. Um, not your husband's life or your wife's life, but, but your life and really believing that God will do something and maybe change your mindset and uh, change your way of thinking. And, and uh, that's hard, isn't it? God changed me. God, do a work in me, but that should be our prayer. And so let's pray together, and we're going to get into the preaching time. Father God, uh, we thank you for six minutes extra of sleep, and uh, we thank you for coffee, uh, and we thank you for cushioned seats in a, in a room where we can sit with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and Lord, just the roof over our head, God. Some churches meet, and they don't have this comfortability, so I pray that we would be grateful for all that you've done, uh, all that you're going to do. Lord, I pray that as we look at this series, God, that you would just change our hearts, change our thinking. God, that you would do something mighty in each of our lives and, and, and through our church. And Lord, that we, we can be a, a greater testimony to the people that we're trying to reach, a greater testimony to our 
community. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, and Lord, help each listener to engage. We're going to trust, God, that you'll do so. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to start a brand new series entitled, Now What? Everybody say, Now What? what? It's a four-part series covering starting points in today's church. Points that I feel as your pastor that I need to address and as a church that we need to look at. So today in part one, we're going to cover how it feels, how it feels to be new to church, whether you've been unchurched or you've been de-churched. It's not an easy transition, amen? It's difficult finding your place in the church. Then in week two, we're going to cover new to faith. New to faith. There's a big difference between new to church, but it's important that they start to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, right? So new to faith. Then in week three, we're going to cover churched and then some. Churched and then some. How many fit into that camp? Churched, three of you. Come on, church. Probably a majority of you fit into that camp. Churched, and then some. I, I know, I, you guys are so scared to raise your hand in church. It's so sad. i got to pray for you. I do pray for you. And then in week four, we're going to wrap everything up, and we'll cover older, older, but not done yet. I was going to go with older, but not dead yet. And, uh, and my... My wife said, dude, don't, don't, Dave, don't get yourself into more trouble. Don't go with older, but not dead yet. So I didn't, but I had to mention it. Older, older, but not, right? But not done yet. My goal for us is this, to understand all four places, all four places positions. So so make sure that you don't check out on a week that may not seem to pertain to you because there's always something left to learn. Amen. amen? My my mic says amen too. Want <laughs> want to fix that sound team? All right, there we go. This should be our heart as we go through the series. God teach me something new. God, teach me something fresh about who you are and my purpose and what you want for me to do. God, teach us something new. As a church, we've made reaching unchurched people our number one goal. That's it. That's our our target and our focus. So that's where I want to start today, defining what it means to be Unchurched, because many of you still might not know what that means. Some of you look clueless already. Unchurched, can I say that to you? Unchurched means this. Write this down. Not be, it's not complicated, but I, I, I still think that you need to know the definition. Unchurched means this. Not belonging to, not belonging to or connected with a local church. That's it. Right? Not, not complicated. De-church means this. People who formerly were active churchgoers, but for some reason, and I can give you many reasons to why they stopped attending church. That's what de-church means. These are the people that we are focusing on, that we are trying 
to reach for the kingdom, to, to bring them back into a place in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Today, as we look at this idea of how it feels being new to church, I want to I look at a story that I believe embodies this concept of, of being an outsider. You know what that feels like to be an outsider? Oh, yeah, we, we put her in the front row to say that. You can identify with being an outsider, right? That's how unchurched people feel. They feel like outsiders. We want to make them feel like insiders. Amen? Turn me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 and... Follow along in your Bible or smartphone or tablet or TV or laptop or whatever you want to do. Kidding. Better not have a TV in here, but you can follow along in the, uh, the, the projector and the screen as well. Luke 19, verses 1 through 9. Jesus visits Zacchaeus. How many have ever heard this story before? You're already bored, aren't you? Jesus visits Zacchaeus. I've entitled this message, Outsiders Who Should Feel Like Insiders. Let's, let's read the text. It says that he entered Jericho and was passing through. Church, do you know that some of our greatest opportunities to reach lost people and unchurched people are when we are passing through. Amen? He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich, so he had a good job, right? He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a, you know it, what does it say? Sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, I love that. This morning, I I hope you come to the place where you understand these things. Amen? When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today I must stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. And all who saw it began to come complain. Sounds like church sometimes. Amen. All who saw began to complain. He's, he's gone to lodge with a sinful man. Man, was Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times. Everybody say four times. Four times as much. And Jesus says this, Today, salvation has come to this house. Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Let's stop there. The first thing that I want you to notice is that Zacchaeus was in fact an outsider. Unchurched had no ties to a local church. And here we see him on the outside looking in. And for obvious reasons. I mean, Zacchaeus was living a life that separated him from the community in which he lived in. 
Isn't it funny here that we have a man who was filthy rich. The Bible says he was rich, had a great paying job, and yet still finds himself missing out. Right? Looking for something more. Something greater. Have you been there? Maybe not the filthy rich part. Amen? (laughs) But you've been in a place where you wanted something more from God. Something more from life. God, I need something greater. Maybe you're in a place where you are searching, looking. A place where you so desperately want God to do something in your life. As church people, we get caught up with Zacchaeus' height in the story, don't we? And yet that's not really the point. His stature, his job, his place in life had nothing to do with his future position in Christ. Amen? The point of the story is the fact that he was now searching. Zacchaeus was searching. He was looking for something greater in Jericho, which, by the way, you had to go through Jericho to get to Jerusalem. Jesus, hear me out on this church. Jesus was on his way to the cross to die for all of humanity. All of humanity. To die a gruesome death. And he stopped. Think of his entourage. I mean, Jesus was busy and people were following him. Things were happening. And Jesus stopped and made time for this wee little man. I had to go there. You heard the song, church. This wee little man, right? Pretty inspiring, or at least it should be as the church, to make time for people. I'm busy. Did you know that? (laughs) How many people in here are busy? All right, you guys will get a little more honest as we go on. That's good. You're busy. How often do we stop and make time? I mean, really make time for people. The lost, the broken, the, the hurting. Oh, wait, I, I'm too busy for that, Pastor. I mean, I know Jesus called me and he saved me and he redeemed me, but I'm too busy. Jesus, our model, our example, our God stopped, and he made time. Amen? Think about it. Zach, can I call him Zach? I'm going to. Was short. And so he climbed up a sycamore tree to get a better view of what was coming. To get ahead of the the crowd and the noise. Maybe he fought to push through the lines. I don't know. But he wanted to see Jesus. Amen? That's all he wanted, just a better view of of Christ. You won't catch me climbing up trees, amen? (laughs) And yet we see Zacchaeus, this chief, this prominent tax collector, climbing up a tree, short, but still an adult man. Unchurched people, hear me out on this. Because I want you to better understand their position. Their place in church life. Unchurched people find themselves in a place where something is missing. Something is lacking. They might even have good jobs. Amen? They might have decent marriages and families. They might even have good lives. But something inside tells them there's something more. 
something greater out there. Now, that's not to say that all unchurched people fit that description, because some unchurched people are going through battles you can't even comprehend. But you have to stop and you have to talk to them, right? It goes back to being busy. Stop and engage. I mean, really engage them. Listen to them. Then give them solutions. Give them answers to their problems. Some are recovering addicts. We like to think of unchurched people as like those people, addicts and alcoholics and rough type people, fighting addictions. I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) I'm a recovering addict. Did you know that? Some of you are like, oh my goodness. What church are we in? Sober 14 years. Right? What if people would have just bypassed me? What if people would have just looked the other way and not made time for me to pray for me, encourage me, love me, believe in me? Right? Some unchurched people have had a bad experience with church or with a person that claims to be a Christ follower. So they've given up on their idea of even going into a church, which is heartbreaking. Others have actually spent quite a bit of time in the local church, and due to church hypocrisy, tell me if I'm wrong, or the fact that some church people, I'm just going to say it. Should I say it? I'm going to say it. Some church people are downright mean. I didn't say it. He did. <laughs> and, and so they don't want to walk into the church. They had this bad experience, this bad idea of who God's people are and who God is. So they, they've stayed away, and rightfully so. I don't blame one person for staying away. I really don't. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're back in. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're, you're giving this whole church thing another shot. You're, you're giving this relationship with, with God just, just one more go at it. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. The first thing I have to tell you is this. No matter the place that you're at in life, it's not a church or even church family you're searching for. It's not even community or or friendships you're looking for. It's a relationship, right? Don't worry about the lights. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's Him you're looking for. It's Him you're looking for. To know Him. I mean, really know Him and better understand Him and figure out why you are who you are. To better understand your life's purpose. I think we go through life and we forget that we have a God-given purpose to make a difference in this world. Love people. I've got a job. I've got a job too. You've got to love people, amen? We get so busy. We get so busy. This is why you're searching. This is why you're, you're looking. I mean, you're, you're looking for answers, and you're looking for hope, and you're looking for guidance. You're looking for God. You're looking for Him. Zacchaeus wasn't desperate to be a part of a new church or a new movement or surround himself with people who would further judge him. No, 
He was desperate to meet Jesus Christ. Amen? The Son of God, the Messiah, a man who would love Him unconditionally. And a God, you love this part, who would spare Him. A God who would spare Him. Have you been there? Can you identify with Zacchaeus this morning? Let me ask you this. How many of us have spent years looking for the right church and the right church people only to find ourselves disappointed? Right? It's because we're not supposed to be looking for a specific church. I hear it all the time. I'm looking for a church, and here's the menu, and and churches aren't a vending machine. Amen? You don't just press a button and get what you want. No. It's not looking for a church or church people. No, it's Jesus. It's Jesus we're looking for. And so many of us have spent years and 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 years, older but not done yet, years and years and years. And we have been looking for that right place, that right environment that fits all of these things. It's Jesus. To focus on our relationship with Christ. That's what drives us. That's, that's what should drive you, right? Drives us to make that next step. Zacchaeus took a huge step in the right direction. Don't, don't get me wrong. He, he climbed up a tree. You just walked into a church, right? He climbed up into a tree, putting aside what people might think of him, trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. Everybody say, a glimpse. Do you have any idea the step of faith it takes for an unchurched person or de-churched person to attend just one service? It's huge. We forget that because we've been in the church so long. That first moment when you walk in, the, the fear and the terror and, yeah. Most people come in believing that they will be judged don't they? I'm going to be judged. If I go there, I'll be judged. About a year after my dad had left our family, and I was 17 years old, and I went into drugs, alcohol, that whole life contrary to God's word and my faith, and I just abandoned everything that I was taught, everything that I believed in. I was done with church, done with church people, done with God. And then a friend said, would you, would you come to church with me? And I said, eh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm comfortable here. I'm good. No, seriously, would you come to church? It's been a year. It's been a year. (sighs) All right, I'll go to church. He goes, it's an evening service. It's an evening service. It's not a big deal. All right, I'll come. Broken. Had baggage. Oh, had a past already. And I walk into the church, and this older gentleman stops me, and he says, take your hat off. And I said, and that doesn't seem too offensive to church people, but that's offensive when you're unchurched because I become unchurched and de-churched. And instantly I said, you know what? I was just going to come here to connect with God. And you blew it, buddy. I was a little cocky at 17 years old. You blew it. And I walked out of there. And I didn't enter a church again until about 23, 24 years old. Right? Right? 
I was right. I would be judged. You say, well, that's just out of respect. Well, it's not what you said. It's how you said it. Right. Most unchurched people feel they will be judged, which is partially true. They believe they will be unwelcome, that they won't fit into church people, church life, church culture, that they will only further prove their point about church and Christians and, and God or their idea of who God is. This is what they come in with. Let me just say this. It's not God who disappoints people. It's not Christ who disappoints people. Can I say it? It's us. We're we're the ones that are too quick to speak and to look down on somebody. We're the ones that are have harsh tones and we feel like we're doing God a favor, like God we'll get this one. <laughs> but we're really pushing the people we're supposed to be loving and reaching further and further and further away from God and their relationship with Christ. Something's got to change, amen? Something's got to change. Look what happens in the story. You can't make this stuff up. Listen to what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. And I love it, because he addresses him by name. Jesus had never met this man before. He had come to the place where Zacchaeus was in a tree, and he says this, come down, hurry. I wonder this morning if you have been disengaged with God, and he's saying, hurry, hurry. You, you, you come back. You, you've been gone for far too long. Come on back. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. Listen to what he says, hurry and come down, because today, Zacchaeus was an outsider, And Jesus says, today I must stay at your house. Everybody say, at your house. house. Jesus wasn't concerned with where he came from or what he did for a living. The people were, right? We see it in the text. The the people were concerned with Zacchaeus' life and, and job, but not Jesus. Not Jesus. Somebody said, well, Zacchaeus was a thief. Early on in my ministry, I older Christians tell me, better watch who you're hanging out with, new in the ministry. I said, I'm all right. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm here to reach people for Christ. Well, you, you know, it doesn't look good when you're hanging out with someone. Listen, you, you see what Jesus, you see what, who Jesus hung out with? Think about that as we protect ourselves and we, we stay away from the lost and the unchurched. And No. Zacchaeus robbed people. He robbed people. And Jesus says, today, today I'm going to spend time with you. I bet that burned up those other people out there lining the streets, yelling things and maybe singing, maybe shouting. They wanted some of Jesus' time too. And Jesus went to the place he was called to be to reach Zacchaeus. Now he was concerned with spending time with him. That was his priority. In church, this is a tough subject to speak on. Some of you are probably already hating me. Write me a letter. (laughs) Just kidding. 
In church, we get so caught up with people's appearances. How they look, how they dress, people's behaviors, people's positions. That we miss the opportunity to love them. Love them. And accept them the way that their Savior would. We miss that opportunity. Here, here at HPC, and I'm so thankful, we have an opportunity to reach people who don't look like us. Amen? People who weren't raised in the church, people who are just starting out. Baby Christians. Baby believers. Do you remember what that was like? Some of you say, I, not really. <laughs> remember how hard that was? All the patience people had to give you and show you and how much patience and understanding God had to show you. It's an awesome opportunity. Most churches have to work really, 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 really hard at reaching their community for Jesus. Here, and it's a blessing, the community comes to us. They do. I'm so thankful for it. But, but once they're here, don't miss this part. We can amen that other part, but listen to this. It's our job, every single one of us sitting in these seats, it's our job and great privilege to love them like Jesus would. Care for them, minister to them, disciple them, not preach at them. That's my job, amen? Or judge them just, and I think you can do this. I believe in your church. Just minister to them where they're at. So important. So important. Jesus wanted to go to Zacchaeus' house. Of all the places that the Son of God could have gone to eat that day, he chose his house. A tax collector. A thief. What grace. I think when we encounter God and engage God, we see his grace in our own lives. What grace, what hope, what mercy. That, that's the type of ministry that I, I want us to continue to have. It, it's messy. Did you know church can be messy? It's edgy, it's ugly, but it's authentic, and it will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Unchurched people, and you can take this down with notes or post this, tweet this, whatever. Unchurched people are waiting for the church to be the church. They are waiting This is a call to every single one of us that is following Jesus Christ today. Unchurched people are waiting for the church, the body of Christ, that's what we are, to be the church. Jesus treated Zacchaeus with dignity. I wonder if anybody else even noticed Zacchaeus there that day. Just kind of blended in. Yes, he was short. Jesus noticed him. I want us to be a church that notices people, notices those that are broken, notices those that may not fit in or seem to fit in. Jesus treated Zacchaeus the way we should. Jesus treated this man as though he was the only thing on his to-do list. More important than speaking engagements, Jesus had some speaking engagements, right? More important than babysitting disciples, more important than his own needs and his own agenda. Jesus made time for him. 
Isn't it cool that of hundreds that lined the streets of Jericho that day, that Jesus chose him to spend time with? I think of my own encounter, what God has done. I feel like Zacchaeus, like, why me? Why me? Why would you love me? Why would you spare me? Why would you save me? Why would you even give me the time of day? Why would you leave me in the ministry? Sorry, that was too much. (laughs) Right? Have you ever felt like that, God? And you're you're just super grateful for God's grace and Him intervening in your life, sparing you and loving you. Here's a thought. The people that we tend to overlook, and I think all of us overlook some individuals, don't we? The people we tend to overlook or or look down on might be the very people who make the most difference in the kingdom of God. We, We just have to see past our own opinions and see the person the way that Christ sees them. The text says that he came down quickly. Zacchaeus was ready, wasn't he? He came down quickly and welcomed Jesus joyfully. Here's what I want to point out to you. We're almost done. People want to be cared for. That's simple. People want to be cared for. Number two, people want to be loved. And number three, people want to be noticed. And here Jesus does this for Zacchaeus and it transforms his entire Life. Something was different after he encountered the grace of God. But listen to the murmuring of the crowd. It says, All who saw it. Jesus is, is, is standing under the tree, reaching Zacchaeus, a thief, a liar, a tax collector. Telling him, I'm going to your house. I'm going to spend time with you. I've got a plan and purpose for you, Zacchaeus. And it says that the people were what? Complaining. He's gone to lodge. (laughs) This cracks me up. He's gone to lodge with a sinful man. In case you haven't noticed, I am called to defend those who have been hurt by the church. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's kind of my pet peeve. Because I've been hurt by the church. And not just in my ministry years. As far back as I can remember, I have been hurt by church people, by churches, by people who claim to love God and know God. There's still those, I wear those scars. Don't you? Have you ever been hurt by a church person or a church? Probably most of us can say we have. Jesus handpicked Zacchaeus. I hope you go into your week saying, you know what, God, give me one individual that I can just love on unconditionally. Put aside my own agenda, my own business, my own trials, my own problems, and just love them the way that you loved Zacchaeus. As soon as Jesus handpicks him to spend time with him, As soon as he does, the people began to complain and judge not only this man, because they were already judging Zacchaeus, but Jesus. We hear these types of things coming 
from Christian assemblies and the church. That's why it riles me so much because it's so contrary to, to Jesus' ministry and his passion for people. But yet the church, we live out something completely different. Don't we want to live the way Jesus lived and minister the way Jesus ministered? Yeah. Zach needed a relationship with Christ. That was what most important. He needed a life change. He was no different than the people who lined the streets of Jericho, but his heart was, was ready and his mind was open. I wonder what changes we have to make. Not your church. Because I think we do a, a pretty good job, but what changes do you have to make to reach more people? To reach those that seem unreachable. What changes do we have to make? The Bible says this, that Jesus came to save the lost, to help the sick, and set the captives free. The church, don't miss this part, part is, is for all people. Everybody say all people. All people. Say it again. It's time we make room for everyone. Maybe not just in our row, but inside, in our hearts, right? That's what Jesus did through all his entire ministry. He made room for the outsider, the sinner, by treating them like an insider. I think sometimes we get caught up in protecting the church, the traditions, the rituals, the history, that we miss the mission and the heart of the God that we serve. You with me? Notice what happens when the thief encounters Christ. True transformation takes place. That's why we do what we do. Amen? To see lives transformed by Christ. Listen to what it says. Zacchaeus stood there. We don't know how how much time Jesus spent with him after this encounter, but listen to what happens to his life. He stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I... I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. Zacchaeus was a thief, was he not? I'll give half of my possessions to the poor. Lord, Lord, teacher, master. If I've extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Zacchaeus repented. He got Amen. He got saved, right? Listen to what Jesus says. Today salvation has come to this house. Grace, mercy, love, repentance on Zacchaeus' part, right? He could have spent some time with Jesus and said, I'm good. I kind of like my life the way it is. I'm good. Nope. He repented. I want to give back. I'm all in. God, you've changed me. You've done a work in me. I'm all in. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We love you for who you are and and what you've done. Lord, I know many of us make mistakes. Many of us have been hurt by people. We've been hurt by churches. We've been hurt by just life. God, would, would you do something new and something fresh? Lord, I pray for the unchurched people or de-churched people that we have here. God, that they would feel your grace and your love, 
and your acceptance. And God, as church people, I fit right into that category. God, help us to love the broken. Help us to love the hurting. Help us to look outside of our own lives, our own comfortability, our own wealth, our own riches, our own jobs, and and love people so that they would come into a relationship with you, that they'd put their faith in a God who sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross, to be raised again, to give lost man, all of humanity, the chance and the opportunity to be saved and have everlasting life. God, You did that. We want to praise You for that this morning. God, give us Your grace. Give us Your mercy. Bring revival to this area. I pray for every church in our community, God, that their eyes would be opened up and that they would see the lost and the broken and the unchurched and dechurched and love them. Love them. Love them. Not judge them. Not give their opinions. Love them and take them under their wings. Disciple them. Show them what it means to be a true follower of Christ, a God of love and mercy. God, I pray that you'd use us in a mighty way. Help us to apply this message. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet as we go out with this last song? Hey, thanks for listening to the Hope Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you're looking for a church or it's been a while since you've been to church, why don't you come and check out Houghton Baptist? We certainly love to have you. You can come as you are. We do. Also, if you're interested in giving, you can give by text. Just send a text to 906-346-1317 and follow the prompts from there. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast and have a great day. Thank you.